You're listening to Street Life, a podcast about street photography with John St and Mark Davidson. You're listening to Street Life. I'm Mark Davidson, a street photographer from Melbourne, Australia. And with me, as always, the boy wonder from Sydney, my mate, Mr. John St. How you doing? I'm doing really well. Thanks, Mark. How are you? A little bit weary. I was at the uh, theatre last night. And uh, mm. Mm, I went to see uh, Groundhog Day, the musical. Now, I don't know if they fucking deliberately made it three hours because <laughs> they wanted to make you feel like you were stuck in the same day or whatever. But they could have trimmed it down a little bit, I thought. It's like I didn't get home till 11. Uh, anyway. Groundhog Day, the musical. Yeah. Have was you, it a musical? It was a musical, yeah. So they sort of adapted wow. the movie and, um, you know, chuck about, about 20 songs in there. So uh, Wow. Yeah. That, that must have been very repetitive, Mark. <laughs> It was a little bit, but no, they did it very well. They did it well. Oh, that's so. good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Did you get free tickets or did you buy them? Free? Come on, There mate. you go. <laughs> there you go. Some of the perks of work, eh? Yeah, exactly. It's no, great. That no, was lovely. So uh, so that was good. Get out on a weeknight. Um, good for you. Yeah. So what have you been up to? You want another Lycra event, I hear. Yeah, I love free food. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Went in with my Fuji cap on in my Fuji. They always give me bad looks. Um, and I just wined and dined on the like a dime again. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a nice talk by a gentleman. I can't remember his name. Bless oh, him. good. It must have been. But he, <laughs> he he did. He's a wedding photographer, top ten in the world apparently, and um, okay. he did an exhibition on a project he did um, during COVID, I think, on the beach, and it was interesting. He did it over six days, okay. and he had some very impressive photos, saying he'd only uh, photographed for six days. It was very nice. Very nice. Well, wow, very nice. Nice talk. Very, very good talker. Have you ever Picture. shot a wedding? I don't think I've ever asked you this. No, I haven't. But I got asked just last month to do a wedding. I got a message in my Instagram. Someone oh, really? had come into me during Anzac Day and said, Hi, uh, you probably can't remember me, but I remember you and I follow you. Yeah. That's nice. And uh, we had a chat on Anzac Day and I would like to know if you'd be willing to do my wedding. Come on. you got to say yes. I said I'd think about it. Come on, man. No, I don't do weddings. You'd have a ball. Yeah, I know. Chatting I know. everyone. I would have a ball. <laughs> they might not get any photos that they want, but I'd have fun. But, uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes. So I don't you, know. You'd have the kiss and you'd have, like, the light and shade shadow right through the couple or something like that. Yeah, but you wouldn't see any of their faces. <laughs> They'd all be silhouetted out. You know what I mean? Like, this, this lad who was doing the event, he's a wedding photographer and – I looked at his photos and they're fabulous, but they look very street orientated or, or okay. influenced. That's good. So um, very, very nice. But I think oh, I was like, I was looking at it, I think maybe we could, in, in, you know, incorporate like a street type feel to, you know, it was yeah, all light course. and shadowy stuff yeah, and yeah, fancy yeah. Dan, you know what I mean? It was, it was just more like set up street shots that he was doing, but in churches and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, very yeah. Un, Not the traditional type. Exactly. Beautiful work, really, really beautiful work. Yeah, a, bit, a little bit run and gun. I think you could do a great job, mate. You should say yes. Got a bit of cash in the pocket; it'd be fantastic. But afford a Leica. Exactly. Well, you talk. You <laughs> said the amount of shit you've given me, and you said before ah. the podcast you want an M6 now. <laughs> it was because I watched someone's bloody YouTube video just uh, recently about it, and I, I just uh, Dan the cameraman just dropped his. Um, a cheap camera challenge where he, uh, I participated, my episode, go and check it out mm. on YouTube. And he gave me a film camera and I whinged and moaned about it for about 15 minutes of an 18 minute thing. And I actually quite enjoyed shooting with it. So, uh, yeah, it was interesting. Welcome to so the I world thought, of film, John. Yeah. 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 I don't want the expense though, Mark. I've told you that. Yeah. Uh, all the suspense. I don't like I like instant gratification, thanks. Keep shooting weddings, you can pay for it. <laughs> Aladdin, Aladdin Adelaide used to. He had about 10 likers and he paid for them all shooting uh, weddings. Do you know so, the, the work of Ian Weldon? He's no, a British no. photographer. He's, he's, um, his whole tagline is, I'm not a wedding photographer. He goes to document weddings but doesn't actually shoot the wedding in a traditional way. So he'll just do, as you said before, like street photography weddings, you know, capturing behind the scenes and that, not really focusing on the, the ceremony or, and all that kind of stuff. It's hmm. quite, yeah, it's really interesting. Well, that's what this person said they wanted too. 
but I'm a bit concerned that you give them that and they'll go, well, where's me and my dress? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I was too busy watching your uncle with his high-rise pants. Exactly. You missed the vows, you dickhead. (laughs) (laughs) That's the stress of it, you know. I'm a little bit worried about the stress. If you miss a shot out on the street, you go, ah, well, I missed the shot. Yeah. Something else will come along. You can't do that in a wedding. You can't. You can't go, I'm sorry, I missed the kiss. You're going to have to rebook the day in the church. You <laughs> exactly. know what I mean? <laughs> it's not going to, it's not going to fly well, mate. No, you know what I mean? but yeah. it'd be interesting. Would you do a wedding? Nah, same as you. Too much stress, man. I, I, I've never done any sort of paid gig, and yeah, I'd fuck it up totally. It'd be a mess. So no, I, uh, I mean, you know, I'd be flashing all the guests and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> with your flash with my flash yes. with your with flash. flash let's just clarify <laughs> not he's talking Norma, about a camera no. flash he, he's not he's not some kind of pervert from Melbourne no alright let's just clarify that <sighs> we don't have the kids ringing up calling up you know social services pervert on the loose anyway yeah anyway. so that's that so I had a good night at the Lycra event and uh, and the camera challenge was great I really enjoyed it. Well, I'm looking forward to watching it. I've um, been a bit weary today. I'm going to watch it as soon as we finish recording. So uh, looking forward to that. And everyone else should too. What's it? Dan the Cameraman is on YouTube. Dan the Cameraman. <laughs> it's quite punchy, isn't it? Dan the Cameraman. He needs, yeah. a, needs a song. Yeah, and he's a, he's a good young lad. He's, yeah. only, he's only young and he's trying Lovely. to start his YouTube channel and stuff. He's got some good stuff on there. I quite like it. So just anything to help him out, you know. Well, <laughs> me help him out. Probably people <laughs> switching off as we talk. <laughs> you know, anyway. Well, speaking of helping out, our guest today could do just that. His YouTube has blown up. It's um, one that we've been following for a long, long time. Mm. John, go on. You know what to do. Today we've got the real Sir Robin. He's a German-born street photographer who also runs a very popular photography YouTube channel. He's known for shooting both film and digital and travels the world taking photos and teaching workshops. Half his luck. He was recently in Australia as well, if people didn't know. It gives us great pleasure to welcome the real Sir Robin, a.k.a. Robin Shimko, to the Street Life Podcast. Thanks for joining us, Robin. I hope I got that right. Yeah, a pleasure of being here. Thanks for inviting me. Robin, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I believe we're speaking to you from Thailand, and uh, I saw you in Malaysia not too many days ago and Spain yes. a few weeks ago. Mate, you must have the best life ever. Um, so is all your travel photography related these days? Uh, it, it kind of is, yes. It's hard to... Um, when I'm traveling just for relax relaxation, it's usually not going to happen because I always bring a camera and I will always find something to shoot. Mm. For instance, uh, last year when I was in Thailand, I went on a, um, I was on an island and I went um, uh, for this uh, snorkeling trip. And even there I found stuff to shoot, like street style <laughs> stuff. I was like, oh my God, because there was this island where all these people were doing these weird things, you know, taking selfies and a very, and it was very interesting to shoot. Uh, I only had a film camera, so I used that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So Robin, let's just go back. We're, I've been following you since the um, COVID days. I came across your channel, as a lot of people probably did, as we were all sitting at home, locked down, looking for things to do. And I came across your channel, and I've I watch all of your videos. It's fabulous. I really love everything that you do. It's a good mix of everything, and you seem to travel the world. But where did your photography journey start, and was it in street? Um. Yes and no. I mean. <laughs> It started back in when I was in university. Um, I did an internship and uh, that internship uh, was paid. Um, a lot of internship back then, they were not paid. So this one was paid. And I thought, hey, I should do something with the money. Maybe I should go traveling. So I decided to travel to the Maldives. Right. So it paid very well. So, <laughs> um, And I thought, hey, if I go there, I need to buy a camera. Because before that, I had no camera. Not I wasn't interested in photography at all. So I thought, hey, this is such a beautiful place. No, Nobody will believe me. And I need to buy a camera. So I picked up a camera. And this is basically how it started with photography. And maybe, I don't know, maybe two or three years later. Um, no, I think even on that trip, I started photographing uh, random people. On this, uh, We went to this local island where people were doing whatever. And I started photographing strangers. Back then, I had no idea about street photography, uh, that it's even a thing. But I found it more interesting to take photos of people that I actually don't know. 
because most people, as you might know, they they are confused. Why, why would you take pictures of strangers? Mm. But even back then, it was um, to me it was very interesting. And then a few years later, I went to Korea. Uh, it was the first time for me in Asia, and everything was so different. Uh, and yeah, so I was going crazy with my camera. And I was traveling by myself, so there was nobody to shoot that I knew of. So uh, I was only taking photos of strangers. That's how it basically all started. Oh, that's fantastic and uh, super interesting. So when you were taking photos of strangers, you know, right off the top, were you getting in close and doing, you know, the traditional street photography thing of, you know, photographing people a couple of meters away? Or did you sort of start from, a, you know, a little wider, a little far back and eventually move your way in or you bang right in there? Um, I think as far as I remember, I was using more longer lenses, um, because I was, I had no, I had no intentions to do that. It just happened. So I, I was mostly shooting back then I was shooting, um, APS-C, uh, DSLRs and you know, then one with the crop factor, every lens becomes a longer lens and I was shooting, I think 50 or 85, something like that. At some point, it changed uh, a few years later because then I picked up when the first mirrorless cameras came out. I picked up a small mirrorless camera with a, uh, was I think was an Olympus, yes, an Olympus, and I picked up the seventeen uh, millimeter lens. So it's basically like a thirty-five. Mm-hmm. Um, then it all changed, and then of course when the Q came out in two thousand fifteen, I went to twenty-eight, and yeah. So since then, I'm pretty much shooting 28, almost exclusively. Never look back. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so what made you change from Olympus to Leica? What made you make that jump? Um, good question. So I was shooting Olympus, uh, and I also had an X100 back then. I think it was the, the second version that came out. Mm-hmm. But I just hated the autofocus. It was so bad. It let me down so many times. So I was like, okay, I need to get rid of it. And I switched to Sony because I was shooting a lot of weddings also. Right. And, uh, you know, full frame um, was much superior, especially for low light. So I, I bought, a, uh, bought a Sony. And then when I heard about uh, um, the Q coming out, I was totally intrigued. Um, I had no intentions to buy a Leica before that. Mm. Uh, I, of course, I knew what it was, um, but the M was not something I was interested in. But then I heard about the Leica Q. I don't know how, but and also a friend of mine, he was working for Leica back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to my, my local dealer and I said, hey, um, so they just uh, presented this new camera. When will you get one? He said, yeah, yeah tomorrow. You will get the, so the second day, the day after he got one. And I said, okay, I, I want to buy it. And so, yeah, I, next day I went in, I bought the camera, it was the most expensive camera I've, I've bought until <laughs> that day. <laughs> and yeah, it was the best decision ever. You know, I used it for eight years, um, so it paid wow. off very well. I think you recently gave that camera away, didn't you? The first, your, you gave it away on your YouTube channel, or have I got that wrong? No, it- no, 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 I did no? not. Uh, actually, I sold it. Um, oh, you sold it. Yes, because yes, like well, I thought, okay, I... I could, for sentimental reasons, I could keep it because I've been on oh, yeah. the camera everywhere. But what's the point? You know, I'm not going to use it anymore since I got the Q3. Uh, it's pretty pointless to just keep the camera. So I was like, okay, maybe somebody else will use it. And yeah, so I oh. thought, okay, it's it's better just to sell it. You call it the OG, don't you? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's a camera for in, using a um, modern camera, not a film camera, digital camera for eight years. It's It's very long because... In eight years, so many things happen, happening. The the camera industry is advancing so much. The technology gets so much better. So using camera for eight years, that's unheard of. For, for me, at least, was unheard of. All the Sony cameras, they were basically, after two, three years, there was a new model, which was much superior. So switched over to that. But the Q, and even when the Q2 came out, for me, there was no reason to uh, dump my Q and get the Q2 because... The difference was not, it was not that big. So it was not a, for me, it was no need to do that. Yeah. Robin, I've been following your journey on YouTube, watching a lot of your videos. I just want to ask you about a topic that's um, yes. sort of bubbling away at the, at the moment. And um, obviously you're known for using a lot of flash on the street, getting um, close to people. How now do you 
Well, what are your thoughts on balancing the rights of people's privacy versus our desire to get a candid moment on the street? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, it's very simple. There's no privacy in public. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's per definition, it's the opposite. This complete nonsense. Somebody is mm. telling me, oh, privacy. If you want privacy, then go somewhere where nobody can see you. Otherwise, it's it's complete nonsense. Mm. So to me, there's and in most countries, um, in terms of laws and regulations, it's handled like that. You know, if you're in public in a public place, mm. uh, so everybody can see you, basically. You know, mm. and what's the difference if you take a photo or there's like all these uh, CCTV cameras around? Uh, nobody's questioning that. But if somebody takes a photo, or there's also so many people walking around with a camera, especially if you if you come here to Bangkok, there's so many people around filming everything. So um, yeah, I think it's totally overrated. A lot of people, they would argue like that, oh, my privacy, but to me, it's complete nonsense because it doesn't make any, it literally doesn't make any sense. It's super interesting because you do travel around the world, so you must encounter different attitudes in the different places you went to. So obviously you're in Thailand at the moment, probably a little bit more relaxed than, you know, maybe your native Germany. Um, but And you've also recently been to Melbourne where you notoriously ran into a man who tried to fight you on the street. <laughs> Uh, which uh, yeah. apologies for that for being from Melbourne. So that sort of embarrassed me watching it. But uh, tut, tut, tut. yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. So tell us what happened there. Uh, actually, uh, it wasn't back then. It wasn't really a big deal. Um, and he was obviously most likely some addict or whatever. So oh, he was just very crazy person. Not he was not just a regular person you come across. But you, if you were doing street photography, you never know. Uh, you never know. You can look into hats of people, so you don't know what they're up to. And yeah, that guy was just a little bit crazy. Um, it was, uh, I mean, it was actually funny because um, seeing him, uh, so for everybody that has no idea what I'm talking about, but this guy, basically I took a photo and he followed me and he asked me to pay him money because he took his photo, so I have to pay him now, which is complete nonsense. And then there was the security guard uh, and he was trying to argue with that one. And turned out he, he used to be a police officer for, I don't know, 20, 30 years. So he told him, hey, sorry, dude, you have no rights. Uh, it's totally fine. It's public. So that was actually really funny. Um, there was no, not a bad outcome in any way. So, yeah. But this, you know, the thing is, if you do street for many years, you will encounter some weird situations. It will happen. Yeah. Uh, but it's so rare. Yeah. It's extremely rare. Um, so... The best thing, if you come across something like that, just keep shooting. Don't stop. Don't second guess, you know, what you're doing. Just uh, keep keep going. It's like in sports uh, or if you have an accident, um, the best thing is just to get up and uh, start over again. Don't don't wait maybe a year or two because then it's more likely that you will never start because you will just second guess everything. Yeah, but, and you know, the, the reason I, I, the the funny part or the best part was that I was recording it basically. So, <laughs> and uh, first I thought maybe maybe I should upload it to YouTube. I don't know. Maybe somebody's interested in watching it. And I thought maybe it's it's a good lesson to learn, you know. <laughs> and so that's why I uploaded uh, to YouTube. And yes, it's it's really funny so to see the reactions of people. Some reactions are just stupid, you know. It's like, oh, why haven't you just deleted the photo? Yeah, because I was shooting film, and why would I delete the photo? I mean, it's my camera, so it, he has no right to ask me to delete anything, you know. And especially because it was film, so it seems like a lot of people they're not really watching a video because otherwise they would have known that I was shooting a film camera because I mentioned it in the in the video. Yeah, it was quite interesting situation, but yeah, that's like I said, I've shot a few hundred thousand of photos at least on the streets. So it's very, and rare. it was. Yes, I'm just really that. sad that it happened in Melbourne of all places. <laughs> the, you, I've seen your videos. You've travelled the world, and some of the countries that you've been to, you would look and you'd think, "Oh, Robin, be careful! Just be careful where you're out there. You're going out yes. at night, and all these things." And then you rock up in Australia to do a bit of an Australia gig. <laughs> you had a great time in Sydney, as far as I know. And then you went to Melbourne, and then you, that happened. And I, I just want to apologise for Australia. I'm so sorry, Robin. <laughs> I don't so worry. sorry. <laughs> he was an interesting yeah, character. He, the thing is, yeah. most things they happen in the most random places when you have no, when you're not even thinking about it. I mean. Yes, uh, people would expect something like this if you go, like I've 
when I went to Mexico a few times, or um, when I was shooting, uh, I was shooting uh, in in Russia uh, street and was using flash at night, and people would expect that that you might get in trouble, but it was quite the opposite, and nobody cared at all. Really? Um, in in Mexico, the same thing. I was there for months, and I had no issues. Um, that doesn't mean that it cannot happen, but yeah, no incidents, nothing in Mexico. Mexico was totally fine. Even though, you know, it can, yes, I know it can get sketchy and I know people that had trouble there. They were not photographers, but still, you know, if you're not careful, you can run into trouble. But when I was shooting there at night, especially, um, Mm -hmm. yes, you have to be a little bit careful and don't just hang around in one area, just move, move quickly. Then you're pretty much fine. And what about Russia? I haven't been to Russia. Is that, did you feel safe on the streets there shooting there? Absolutely. Yes. Oh, nice. Even at night, uh, no problems whatsoever. It was actually uh, was one of the best countries to, because there's no, uh, if you go, for instance, if you go to New York, there's every, on every corner, there's at least one street photographer, yes, you know? that's right. Yeah. If, if you go to, if you go, to, when I was in Russia, there was nobody basically. Mm. I mean, I, maybe I stumbled upon one or two photographers um, in that time, but there's hardly anybody shooting. So there was, uh, so people are not spoiled. They don't really care for them. It's like, they maybe just think, oh, it's some weirdo. You know, if it's if it's girls, they usually just laugh. They, for them, they, it's like a compliment, you know, if you take their photo. So they, they you have to be really fast so they don't smile or pose for you. <laughs> but <laughs> same in Mexico, you know, people are so polite. So you have to pull off the shot very quickly because otherwise they will just smile at you. And then, as you know, it already looks kind of staged. So, um, yeah, so you have to react very fast. What was Russia like to shoot in? Was it, was it? Was it good material there, like, or was it just stock standard stuff? That, what was the difference in shooting in Russia to say somewhere like Mexico or, you know, because I've never been to Russia. I know Mark mm-hmm. wants to go. Is it worth going? Is it good? Is it yes. good shooting? It is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've been only to like the major cities, um, mm-hmm. and I guess if you go to more um, remote areas, might be even more interesting because you can still find some Soviet style stuff, you know, mm. and. Um, in like in the big cities it's it's almost like in the west but still um it's hard to describe you have to see it for yourself but the cities are i mean st petersburg for instance very beautiful city and uh it's very spacious it's not so cramped like here in asia it's very everything is very cramped there is more open um and the light is very nice especially if you go in the summer when it's not getting really getting dark mm. so you can shoot even uh, uh maybe around midnight and it's uh, you still have light, which is very strange. Or the sun rises back at maybe three a.m., <laughs> so you can basically go out, but there will be nobody outside. But um, I think if for street photography, it's a pretty good place. Yes, absolutely. Robin, um, just wanted to ask you: Is photography your full-time job? Because obviously, we we see as we've been discussing traveling around the world, photographing. I mentioned earlier about your trip to Spain, which looked amazing, by the way, John. I don't know if you've seen this, but I took what. 10 to 12 photographers to Andalusia and um, yeah, 10, yes. and shot a, a campaign there, which just looked amazing. Some of the, you know, the photographers that I follow online and it just looks like an incredible trip. And so YouTube has opened these doors for you. Did you ever think that you'd be in these kind of situations when you started your YouTube channel? No, not at all. Uh, for me, it was, um, I started YouTube because people ask me about, hey, how do you do this and how do you do that? So I thought, hey, um, maybe I just film it and to document it and then I put it on YouTube so people can see. And if somebody asks me, I just say, hey, just watch the video. <laughs> yeah. This is basically how it started, yes. And then at some point, you know, it it, um, it got more and more. Nowadays, it's, you know, the thing is, uh, if you, with YouTube is, uh, you have to de- decide because I was shooting a lot of weddings. Um, and when you shoot a lot of weddings, uh, they always pre-booked in advance for months or years. So it's basically, especially in in Europe in summer everything is yeah you basically for half a year you can't travel anywhere and for me um this was i had to make a decision okay if i want to pursue more youtube stuff so i have to maybe cut down on weddings because otherwise i will not be able to travel during summer and um so, but i happily did it because um yeah i i was shooting so many weddings it got a little boring already so i thought maybe it's better if i can shoot whatever i want to shoot 
I mean, if I shoot a wedding, it's just people never tell me what to do because they trust me. They say, hey, just do whatever you want. It's fine. But still, it's it's like you have this framework and you you cannot really get out. So it's um, if you have shot hundreds of weddings, uh, they're all very similar. So <laughs> yeah. it's not much changing. Um, and I like to travel to a lot of places in, in this world that are maybe more remote where people don't like to go or usually don't go um, and to document those places. I've shot street in places that, I mean, for you guys in Australia, it's not that far, like in the in the South Pacific, but I never recorded it for, for YouTube. I was there for a job, hmm. uh, for a photography job, but on the side, when I had time, it was just, okay, that's such a cool place here alone. Maybe let's do some street photography here and let's see if it's, it's possible. Hmm. And it, I mean, it is, I mean, you can shoot street anywhere, but yeah. So it, what was the question? Uh, well, no, would, yeah, you're just sort of expanding on how yeah, yeah, YouTubers yeah. open these possibilities yes. for you, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and uh, also it's, it's really funny how many... I got a lot of jobs because of YouTube. It's the, the, the Andalusia thing was one thing because uh, it's very present because um, all the photographers that got invited, they published videos about it, but there's a lot of things that people don't know about that I'm doing, uh, but I'm not recording it for YouTube. Mm. Um, but yeah, that thing was, um, let's say when they asked me about this, I first I thought it's a scam because you get, a, you <laughs> yeah, get so yeah. many messages, like, uh, it's very strange, you know, and then it sounded to be good to be true. And I thought, you know, usually it's not true then, but, um, I thought, okay, maybe let's see, maybe it is. Yeah. And it turned out, yeah, it, it was. And, um, everybody there, every photographer that, uh, was joining that, um, project, they said all the same nobody had an idea how big this is going to be yeah <laughs> it was absolutely crazy when we were there like okay this is serious um with the documentary and now they also have, have the book and uh, i've heard that the book is almost finished wow. or they already have some copies so i haven't seen it so i i of course look forward to see it but yeah and, so, and the documentaries will be dropping also very shortly and you know the that already was pretty crazy. I mean, the budget for the whole project must have been, I have no idea, but like, I guess it's uh, seven figures. <laughs> it was pretty insane. Yeah, I don't know, yeah, if, yeah. John, if you've seen this. So mm -hmm. obviously Robin and some of the other photographers that I follow, like Mark Chadley and Jason from Granny Days, they all went and it just looked like the most insane trip ever. And they were bringing their wives to, you know, record them. It just looked like, as you say, the budget just must have been astronomical. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the doco's dropping, you said shortly, is that right? Or Yes, yes. Um, I think it should have been ready by the end of January. But um, yeah, you know how it works. Usually things, to, they uh, take longer than you expect. So, but I think it's, it's almost, uh, it will drop very, very shortly. And does that put a lot of pressure on you, Robin? So you, you, you know, they're picking up the tab, you know, they've, they've hired you, which is, which is amazing. But do you, do you feel that pressure to get some good work in a short amount of time? Like they drop you in Andalusia and you've got to create work for them in what, a couple of days or a week or whatever that must have some pressure attached. Five days. Five days. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, um, some other photographers, they mentioned in their videos that they've been told that they have to deliver 20 book-worthy shots in, in that time. Wow. Yeah. I wasn't aware, to be honest. Uh, nobody's told me that. Um, I mean, 20 shots, book-worthy shots in, in five days, that's a lot. That's hard, yeah. Yes, a lot of people would take years for that, you know. So it's like, okay. Um, but... Yeah, you have to deliver, but I'm used to that. You know, when you shoot weddings, it's the same thing. You have to deliver because the, you cannot uh, repeat the day. If the day is gone, it's gone. So you better you better be ready um, whenever the photo presents itself to take it. And yes, I mean, the only thing I was a little worried about was the weather because when we arrived there, um, it was a little sketchy. It was raining and it was uh, the lighting wasn't good. But later on, it got better and better, so it was fine. But yeah, that could have gone terribly wrong. Uh, if there would have been like five days of rain. Uh, yeah. oh. <laughs> so I was, I was thinking, why why do this in winter? I, I don't I don't understand. You know, it's yeah, exactly yeah. time where it's more likely that you have maybe, or you will encounter some bad weather. In summer, it's very unlikely. But I mean, they got really lucky because this could have turned out really badly with like rain or whatever, you know. But yeah, it was okay in the end. Well, you got some great shots, especially the guy on the beach. It's uh, an amazing shot. So, yeah, good work. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I saw when you rocked up and you said, oh, it's raining. And I was like, oh, holy shit. Like, yeah, what are you yeah, going to yeah. do? Because 
you just spoken about how big the project was, and yes. when, like you said, the project they had to throw that much money, they have a very high expectation. Yes, and you have no control over the weather. Yes. So, if what would you have done, Robin, like as a paid professional, what would you have done if it had been raining, like the entire time, and you had to get twenty bookworthy shots? And what we, how did they give you an idea, a direction about what they wanted? Because you're a street photographer, yeah. I guess yes. that, that's probably um, what they would have seen. Yes. So I, I I was asking them up front. So I said, hey, you know, I mean, you know what you're doing. And um, so basically the project was um, for the, the tourism board. Mm. And uh, some of the people working there, they actually also are photographers and they like street photography. So that's how they, they basically follow all these photographers. So that's how they um, came up with the idea uh, and invited all of us. And um, I said to them, hey, you know that what I'm doing and um, maybe because it's a commercial project, uh, maybe it's a little bit different, especially with the, all mm-hmm. the privacy laws in Europe, which are completely nuts. And mm. it's a little, let's say it's a little overreach from the EU, to be honest. Mm. Uh, but um, you have to have like uh, um, a model release basically for everybody. And they said, yeah, yeah, they will take care of it. So I go, okay, it's, this could be interesting, especially if if you have like 20 people in the shot you know how are you gonna do that you know <laughs> yeah, that's right but uh i have to say they they i mean it's a it's a little bit you have to change your approach a little bit uh because usually when i shoot just if it's just me uh i i'm i can move around freely but so i had my um my assistant and we had uh the driver who was also the translator and also did the the, the whole thing with the um uh, the, the signing the, the documents for for us basically, and um, so if you have two people following you already, this is already a change. So you cannot just uh, because you have to I have to make sure that they are all, uh, around me because if I take a photo and then uh, our driver is not here to ask them for permission, then yeah we cannot use it you know. <laughs> uh, and I have actually I have a few shots that we cannot use because I don't have anything and we because it was wasn't even possible to ask them. Oh no! Um, but uh, we had our driver was an absolute legend, so he was really good in convincing people uh, to participate in the in this project. Um, so that was good, and I have to say the whole crew was so professional. The the whole production crew, they because they they um, this project I think was also a little unique because usually they um, they do this kind of job for uh, Hollywood productions. Yeah. Like big, big budget productions. Yes. Also, the the film crew that did the documentary, they usually work on on uh, Hollywood sets and stuff. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. And it was also nice to work with professionals where you don't have to tell them what to do because you know you can rely on them. They know what they're doing. Yeah. And usually, when I work with people, that's they have no idea, so I have to instruct them. But in this case, there was no need for that. It was pretty cool, actually. Also, in the documentary, you know, I knew exactly when the di- director said, "Hey, let's do this and that." I knew. I knew why, because you know it's it's uh, was very it's was very cool. Yeah, that's that's great. Just touching on that, when you said like you know there was a number of people in who were organising this, they follow a lot of street photographers. Why do you think there's become such this interest, this uh, rebirth of street photography? Because it was it was huge back in the fifties and sixties, and it sort of disappeared, and then it's like boomed again. Why do you think this? Is, do you have any reasons or ideas of why it's become so popular again? Street photography. Um, it's a good question, and I'm not so sure if it was really big in the 50s and 60s. Oh. To be honest, mm. uh, maybe if we now look back, but I think mm. now it's way, way bigger than then because yeah. also photography is more accessible and mm. it's much easier. Uh, people use their phones, you know, they have a yeah. camera basically uh, with them all the time. Um, I'm not sure why. Um, maybe it's also because uh, street photography, the term, is so broad. Mm. There's a lot of things that are called street photography that I wouldn't consider street photography, like mm. all these, uh, you know, the, all these these videos on, on these short videos. Oh, I'm a street photographer. Can I take a portrait? You know, these kind of oh. videos. I hate yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely hate them because it's not street photography. Not at all. It's just a, a shitty portrait, mostly. <laughs> just <laughs> Because it's just a portrait of somebody with a blurry background. There's nothing special, you know, it's yeah, not a good yeah. portrait. Mm. But yeah, but people, you know, then they think, oh, that this is street photography. Um, that's not, not really. But I don't know why it became so popular. Why it's so popular right mm. now? But it must be because, uh, you know, all these companies, um, they are, the especially the um the, the camera manufacturers, they are so focused on this. 
Yeah. And especially Leica, I think Leica is doing very well. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the their cameras are mostly catered towards this kind of people that do the documentary, more um, unstaged kind of photos. Mm-hmm. But I don't, it's really hard to tell what the reason is actually. Um, but maybe it's because photography in general became more popular and just, just some subgenre that also became more popular because of that. Uh, that might be a reason. So maybe there's no particular reason that street photography, maybe it's uh, became more popular as the rise of photography in general. Well, just touching on that, Robin, what do you consider street photography? So what do you define it loosely or pretty rigidly or how do you define street photography? Uh, for me, it's uh, it has to be candid mm-hmm. um, because it's um, otherwise it's more, you know, it's uh, there, there, there's no... Um, you, there's documentary photography, which I would not consider uh, street photography because it always has some stage elements in it, which is fine. Not, uh, I like I like doing that kind of photography as well, but I would not call it street photography. Street photography, um, there's, um, I think it was, was it Bruce Gilden who said that you have to smell the streets in the photo, you know? Yeah, that's right. Maybe a little bit gritty, a little bit dirty, um, maybe not technically perfect, um, but you know, for me, what street photography? There's also this uh, a lot of uh, photographers do these silhouettes and stuff like this. Um, it's not my thing because uh, to me, it's just boring. Because you can just take the sh- same shot again and again, it will be pretty much the same. Because there's no soul in it, there's no emotions sparked in me when I look at that. Uh, so I like interactions. I like when people, you know, um, this for me, this is my style of street photography. But other people, they have a different style, which is fine. I mean. But for me, I think it's um, uh, people. There have to be people in it. It has to be uh, candid. That's that's important. And ideally, uh, it's good if you have different layers, which is often not so easy to accomplish because you, there are so many things going on. Sometimes you have no control. So it's very, very difficult. So for instance, when I was just in um, Malaysia, uh, we went to this event, uh, this uh, Hindu event, and it was absolutely crazy. Uh, the so the, uh, we went there during, we shot basically the whole night. We started around midnight and shot until 8 a.m., uh, which wasn't that easy because, you know, I was so tired, but it was totally worth it because there was no other photographers. Uh, but in the daytime, there were so many photographers. Basically, it was almost impossible to ne- not have a photographer in your photo as well. Mm. So, and then it was so busy, it got really difficult to get a composition where you have different layers So. Uh, when we're shooting at night was a little bit easier and um but in general i think it's um if you can achieve that you have maybe some su- a subject and you have different layers in the photo that's that's really good um but it's hard and you most likely will fail most of the time and sometimes you will succeed but um yeah most of the time you will fail so um, this is for me like the the best about street photography. When you achieve this, it happens once in a while. You get this this good shot where everything just lines up, or you have to go to certain places. I think India is the perfect place for that mm. because there's just so much chaos going on uh, that it's more it's easier. Like you know, if you come uh, if you shoot in the west I mean, same in Australia, people on their phones and it's just oh, mm. it's so frustrating, you know, because. Um, uh, if you then go to um, when I was shooting in in Egypt in Cairo, there was almost nobody on the phone, and it was so refreshing to see people just walking around, looking up, not looking down the whole time. Mm. But in Asia, it's it's very bad. In the West, it's very bad. So yeah, do not ruin street shots for me. And happens in Australia all the time. I hate backpacks. Fucking hate backpacks. Everyone has a backpack. And for me, as soon as someone has a backpack in the shot, I'm like, fuck it, I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) It's phones and backpacks. Jesus Christ. Yeah, the backpack thing, I can relate to that. Uh, When I was shooting in Bangkok in this train station for this project that I started there, um, I tried to avoid these the typical backpacker tourists because they're Pretty much the same thing. I don't want them in my photos uh, because they are pretty much ruining the shot then because yeah. it doesn't fit in. You know, they stand out too much. Yeah, yeah. So, Robert, I just want to go on, like, people watching, you're creating all these wonderful videos, you travel the world, you're living the life, but you just posted a video recently where you hit a bit of a low spot and you needed to um, rejuvenate yourself. What happened and how did that all come about and what made you pick Bangkok as the place to re- become reborn? 
Very boring. Uh, <laughs> so that was uh, more of a motivational video for because I, I know there's a lot of people uh, that that are in this uh, caught in this rut and they yeah. they cannot get out. Um, for me, I never really had that issue um, ah, okay. because I always I always had okay maybe different ideas or, or I, maybe I can try this and that. Um, but when I was in uh, Bangkok last year, um, and also you know when you do street photography. Um, and you're doing the same thing again and again. Um, mm -hmm. So last year when I uh, I was also here in Bangkok, and um, for me this place here is um, because it's it's very easy to travel to other places here from here. So it's yeah. always like one hour flight, maybe two hours flight, and mm -hmm. you can move around very easily, and it's not expensive. It's fairly cheap. So this is for me the reason that uh, to come here to Bangkok. And it's fairly affordable, you know. If if I st for me, it doesn't make a difference if I stay in Europe or here. I probably spend less money here than um, being in Europe, so it totally makes sense to come here. And I don't like winter, like snow. It's not my thing. Hmm. Um, shoot shoot in the in the. I was shooting in in, uh, in Korea in winter, and it was minus eighteen degrees, and it was so cold. It was not fun, you know. I was freezing the whole time walking around, so I had to walk around. Otherwise, I could not just stay somewhere because it was just too cold. And the batteries die much faster, you know, and then you have to use gloves and with gloves, it's not fun to use the camera. So for me, I, I need the warmth of the sun. So and also in winter in, in Europe, it's always overcast the whole time. And it's very, oh, it's just, yeah, it's it's really hard to motivate yourself to do something. So it's like, okay, now, nah, if it's that uh, time of the year, I need to get out, just go, go somewhere where it's uh, very different, uh, where you, uh, maybe... Maybe try something new. Maybe uh, come across something new, like this event in Malaysia. So a friend of mine, uh, he's a, a street photographer from KL. He asked me, "Hey, you should," or told me, "You should come here to shoot this event because it's very interesting." And I did, and it was I was blown away. It was pretty crazy. So you will see there will be a video coming, um, and it was very very crazy. And yeah, so that's you know here. Things happen just so quickly. Uh, you come, you meet maybe somebody, then you get this new idea. And usually when you stay back home, it's unlikely to happen. So that's why mm. I did that video. And especially I did it because I thought that a lot of people will probably can relate to uh, that kind of feeling. And um, maybe, and actually somebody uh, commented under the video because of the video, he booked the flight to a place where he wanted to go since a long time and now we finally pulled the trigger it's like man perfect that already made it worth making the video so i motivated somebody to do this you know it's great that's really good there's nothing better because i was in a rut and i had to get up and move and i changed cities i was in adelaide and i moved to sydney and it just rejuvenated me like no way yes like hugely like i was ready to put my camera down and then come to a new city and just it's not just photographing a new city it's the it's the, everything around it, you know, like the community and everything else that's part of it. So uh, that's great. Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad it's only a, motion, a motivational video, Robin, because I honestly thought you were on a downer, mate. You were sitting <laughs> no, no, there no. on a log. <laughs> you were sitting there on a log. And I thought, oh, God, it's cold in that in Germany. I thought. I mean, I just said the, the Spain, the, the project, project in Spain, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I thought, God, he's gone downhill quick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, Robin, but what's your experience like shooting in Asia compared to, say, someone like Latin America? It's, I mean, Latin America, I was just only in, in Mexico, so I cannot mm. uh, talk about maybe South America. I mean, I was shooting a little bit in Peru uh, a few years ago, but um, if you compare Mexico maybe to uh, here in Asia, it's mm. I think it's, it's very similar, to be honest. Uh, people are super friendly. It's the same. Mm. Um, and I think it's it's very similar. And, uh, I mean, obviously, the environment is very different, you know. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> very, but the, the uh, aesthetics—it's—everything it's, is different. But the way people are is very similar. But what I like about here is that there's always something going on. There's always something, and life usually happens outside here. Um, and I think it's also in Mexico. It's also very similar. People, you know, they 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 eat out. They usually don't eat at home. The same here. You know, people go out. There's always something going on, and that's. Um, I think it's very similar. And Robin, your 
Yeah, we've been talking about your travels. You've been hopping from country to country, doing jobs here and there and, and everywhere, which sounds amazing. I'm so envious. I want to do that myself. <laughs> but, um, so what's do you have sort of a goal in mind with your photos? So are you working towards a, a project on, on countries where you are or is it sort of just capturing single images wherever you are in the world? Um, yeah, good question. Um, I, I try to avoid this uh hunting for single photos because it's it's pretty meaningless uh yes you can post them on 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 social media but even there it's not really working anymore like instagram because people will not see it because instagram is just pushing videos like crazy um so i try more to focus on uh projects or series and i think in general um that helps you to keep uh being motivated uh to start a project i think that's very important just using or just shooting single images uh yeah to me that's not not the main reason i do photography i like really shooting for projects and a lot of people ask how how can how can you find this project i mean often the project will just find you 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 will maybe shoot a certain event or shoot this and that and then suddenly maybe hey maybe if i do this more often i can turn this into a project uh and also i've noticed that sometimes you come to a place and there's it's an amazing place for photography, but nobody's shooting there. It's like, why is nobody doing that? It's interesting. It's so good, you know, but nobody's really shooting. Uh, so here in Thailand, there's a, in, in Bangkok, I've never seen anybody um, like a serious street photographer. It's, you don't see them here. Mm. I mean, there's obviously there's photographers here doing that, but it's very rare to see them. And um, there's maybe, I don't know if you've seen the video that I shot here last year when I, uh, during Songkran, the water festival. Mm-hmm. So nobody was really shooting there. Some people, they, they used the action camera. That was it, basically. There were some news outlets that uh, had their big cameras with lenses and they were all covered up uh, to protect them from the water. But nobody was really getting in in the action uh, shooting. So was, uh, I, I could not believe it. It's like, hey, this is amazing to shoot. Why is nobody doing that? You know, I don't understand. And um, do you see that turning into a, a bit of a project yourself? Like, would you do a book on Thailand eventually? Or, um, I mean, yes. Uh, so, I've been shooting a lot of like these events uh, in different places, and um, I think this will be in, in the long run. This will probably turn into some uh, projects um, because I think uh, as a body of work to have all because these events are very different. Um, so I think it's a very uh, huge variety of different shots. Uh, so I would try to do this in maybe also in Latin America and Europe uh, and then put this together. And also I started to um, many, many years ago, maybe uh, actually when I started with uh, photography or street photography, I shot, I started to taking photos of people sleeping in public places. So I've been doing this since many years now so i've i i have a lot of photos so it's also sort of a long-term project but the 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 one issue i have with um projects is when you i try to be consistent like using the same camera um again and again so the look is very consistent uh it's easy when i use the q because the first q and the like the q3 the photos will look very similar so that you cannot tell the difference but when I take these photos of people sleeping, sometimes I use my phone. I was using film cameras, whatever I had in, uh, in that moment. Uh, so it's like the photos, they, in terms of look, they look very different. So it's the only thing, but you know, what can you do? <laughs> uh, and also if you shoot, um, I just uh, was asked uh, a question when I was in Malaysia about uh, doing a project on film. It's like, yes, uh, nowadays I prefer to do this uh, with a digital camera uh, for one reason, because if you st- if you shoot this like a long-term project on film, you have no idea if this film stock will be around in a few years. So maybe then you're out of luck. Um, and because you're doing this to have this uh, consistent look, you know, mm. uh, shooting this one particular film. I think you you had Matt Stewart on the podcast, right? Yeah. We so did. I have his uh, this this uh, his first, or I think it was his first book. And uh, so he was using Pro 400 H for the whole, it's pretty much the whole book is Pro 400 H. Mm. So now Fuji discontinued uh, the film basically. So what are you going to do then? You know, <laughs> now we use right. different film stocks. The photos will look maybe a little bit different. Yeah. Um, so that's why I, for, for project, I stick to uh, digital cameras instead of film. But yeah, but in general, I think 
shooting for projects is the way to go. And I think more people should do it. I just want to ask a question. Like you, you talk about projects, but zines have become very popular of late and lots of people are releasing them. And I think when I first got into photography, it wasn't, wasn't too long ago. You were one of the first people that I saw doing a lot of zines. And I just want to ask you, what are the purpose of those zines? Is it to, is it purely for all, um, to make additional side hustle cash or do you use it as to where you've uh, put your work out there so more people can see it or do you use the zine? Oh God, I hope I'm not answering the goddamn question for you here, Robin. <laughs> I have a habit of doing this. <laughs> um, or do you use the zine just to try out different styles or, or whatever you're trying to do? Or was that also part of a project? Uh, no, 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 no. Um, so the, the reason to do zines is, is very easy. So if you have a project, um, it's the best way to present that. I mean, you, right. yes, of course you can make a book, uh, which is pretty much a glorified zine, <laughs> but you, if you, um, you can just put it on the website, but most likely people will not look at it, uh, or maybe on a small screen on their phones. That's how people nowadays do it. And if you put it on social media, usually uh, these these photos that work maybe as for a project in a zine, they might not work as single photos. And usually yeah. people just flip through, then they you know they, they look at it for one second, then they flip to the next image. And I think the um, um, zines are very good to present certain projects. And how have you found producing them? Are they difficult to do, like time-consuming as well? And are they beneficial in that regard after all the work that goes into them? Uh, yes, when I did my so the first zine I did because people asked me, they asked for it, yeah. so they, they said, Hey, um, maybe you should do this, okay, let's do it. So I had no experience doing that, mm -hmm. so I had no experience in uh graphic design or anything. So, luckily, a friend of mine, he's a um, graphics designer, so he helped me out, um, putting it together, which wasn't too hard to be honest. Um, and also, zines are good if you want to maybe in the long run, you want maybe want to publish a book. And mm. zines are good to try out maybe different styles, how to present it, because with every zine you will learn, maybe, and then you will maybe, you you make the zine and you will realize, ah, oh, maybe the paper, I don't like too much, mm. or this and that. So the format, maybe maybe a square format is better. Um, I think that's also because if, I'm glad that I did not publish a book, the first thing that I did was publishing a book, because mm. now I would think, ah, oh, man, maybe I should have done it differently. And the book is way, way more expensive to do than a zine you know if you mess up a zine it's not ideal it's not a big deal but if it's a book and you invested a lot then maybe uh, it's yeah it's maybe not so nice so i think it's a as a learning yeah. uh the learning curve you know it's always like in photography it's also when you do zines so you have to maybe do a few and then you get better yeah well, that's a good point so we're coming to the end of our time, Robin, but I've got a few things to ask you. Yes. We're going to lighten the mood a bit, all right? Because I remember when I was watching your videos on Mexico, you had yeah. this weird wrestling mask, mate. And I want to know, <laughs> what's the story behind that mask? Because it freaked me out a bit at first, I have to say. <laughs> Actually, there's no story. It's like, no um, story. You know, it's... it's it's you know it's mexico so uh mm -hmm. that's what you like the mexican wrestling um right. okay so i saw that those masks uh people were selling them on the streets um with the souvenirs and stuff and i saw that that mask and i thought hey um maybe i should buy one just for fun and put it on in a video <laughs> that's, that's okay. basically that's the only reason i did it <laughs> i'm glad you cleared that up that's good yeah Thank you. And uh, I'm a bit of a Monty Python fan myself, so you better tell the listeners how you got your name. Um, people will be wondering. <laughs> yeah, you already answered the question. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. He's <laughs> <laughs> just doing what I'm doing. It's uh, basically yeah, from the um, the Monty Python and the Holy Grail, yep. the real the real Sir Robin's because there's the Sir Robin, the not so brave Sir Robin. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic he pissed, he pissed his armor yeah so yeah i always liked that movie you know and some uh i used already uh even before photography i was using uh brave sir robin robin as my uh alias so then when i um came up with the idea doing a youtube channel i thought hey maybe i should use that somehow so i think this was already taken or something i don't know i don't remember but then i thought hey the real sir robin maybe that's good so i picked that 
It's uh, it's a fantastic movie. I um yeah. So we are coming up to our hour. I know you probably want to get back out on the streets of Bangkok and have some street pad Thai. Um, but I just want to ask you really quickly. So you do do workshops around around the the world. Yes. So how's yes. how's it? First thing, tell us how do people book those if they want to? And secondly, how did you go from being a student of the craft to transitioning to impart your knowledge onto other people? Yeah, booking through my website. So I have now one in April during Songkran here in Bangkok for one week, one week workshop. Um, I think the the reason is for, because for me, because I'm doing it since many years, everything became second nature. And every time I... Uh, I met somebody, maybe there was just a beginner starting out with a street photography. I've noticed a lot of things that they were doing. I was like, oh, why? Okay, that's weird. You know, maybe not getting close when you need to get close or um, also fumbling around with the camera and basically missing the shot. That's because this, I mean, it happens to everybody, of course, but nowadays it happens less because I know what kind of settings I know I want. So it's, um, and I started, so people ask me, before I did uh, officially do did workshops, people ask me about this already. So maybe, hey, can you maybe I don't know um, mentor me or something? And uh, then I started doing workshops, and I've noticed that you know these things that are to me are second nature for them. It's uh, they still need time to get there, and but it was always it's always nice to see people progress in only a few days, uh, and improving a lot, and maybe you know it's. And also, if you do a workshop, it's not never about getting the, the best shot in the world because it's most likely not not happening. But once in a while, it happens that during a workshop, somebody takes a photo and they say, hey, that's the best photo I've ever taken, you know? Mm-hmm. And you basically brought that person there because you told them, hey, maybe this this is a good spot. Maybe this situation is good. Maybe try this in these settings. And then it just happens. Um, that's also, uh, to me, it's very motivating. And also, you meet a lot of uh, interesting people. Mm. Very, very interesting people through workshops. And you never know who's uh, uh, coming to your workshops. You know, sometimes like, what what are you doing? <laughs> you know, some CEOs. And I had some crazy people on my workshops already where it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you f- Suddenly you feel very small, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, well, and also well, I think... Oh, go on, go on. Sorry, and go also, on, it's, you know, you can, you can always share a lot of uh, advice on videos, but I think it's a different story if you have to put it into practice outside. Um, so I think this helps tremendously. You can, you know, there's all these keyword warriors that are just watching videos and they're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you actually have to get out and do it, uh, it takes a lot more. And I think a workshop helps uh, to get to, or to improve uh, a lot faster than... Um, just watching videos and also you meet you meet a lot of people yeah. in these workshops you make maybe friends that may be friends forever you can visit them maybe you you meet them somewhere else in some other countries so that happens even to me even though i'm the instructor it's the same thing you know hmm. absolutely and you know people listening now you know tack a you know a few a week or two onto the end of it make a nice little holiday do a workshop you yeah know, that's a you know fantastic best reason to go to thailand so uh yeah <laughs> Can I just ask, so Robin, has anyone ever yes. come to the workshop and you've gone, you don't need to do a workshop. They're actually really good. I'm sure. Like. Um, I guess you're everybody, yeah. everybody needs to improve. You I mean, everybody, <laughs> it's, the same, it's the same applies to me, you know. Yeah. Uh, you can always improve, so nobody's perfect. So, I mean, yes, there's, uh, there's a skill gap sometimes. Uh, some people are more advanced than others, of course. But um, usually, you know... Um, it's all right. It's nobody where I think, okay, you don't need anything. You just go out and do whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, but some people actually they they are on an advanced level. They work, do workshops just to meet uh, to network to meet other people. Mm. Yeah. Robin, That's good. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you much, so much for carving out uh, some time to chat to us. But we always finish the podcast with one little cliched question, and I'd be really interested to hear what you're going to say because you've been to a lot of places around the world. But if you could jump on the plane tomorrow and go and shoot somewhere in the world, where would you go and why? Wow, that's a tough question, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I could say to Bangkok, um, but no, that doesn't count because I'm already here. Uh, if I could pick one spot, doesn't matter where. Doesn't matter where, anywhere. Uh, okay. Um, I think it would be something very crazy, maybe like Pakistan or mm-hmm. maybe Iran. Yeah. 
something like that, you know, something very exotic. And I mean, I've been to Iran, but I think there would be some place like that. A lot of people would say maybe New York or Paris or whatever, but mm. I think I would pick some not so popular spot. Very good answer. Fabulous. Well, I hope you don't get arrested in Iran if you're doing street photography. It can be a little bit touchy sometimes. No, no, Just no. I mean, I had a wonderful time there. To oh, be honest. did you really? Yes. Oh, it was one wow. of the that's interesting. Super, it was super safe and uh, was really good. The only things you have to stay away from maybe taking photos of police and military, but that's a, in a lot of countries. So it's yeah, similar. Absolutely. Yeah. But besides that, it was incredible. Yeah. Really. I mean, it's been a few years, but still, it was it was amazing. I guess it's just perception, isn't it? I've got yeah, yeah. a number it's of the media. You know, the media will tell you, "Oh, these all these yeah. bad people," but the media yeah. is full of shit, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> so, um, that's one thing I think. Yeah. Also, you know, the the whole street photography thing for me it helped me a lot. I mean, I studied sociology, so for me, I'm already curious about people. But for me, that opened up the whole world and opened up new perspectives on yeah. life. Uh, yeah. Because you will see people living a very different lifestyle, and maybe then you start questioning. Maybe your lifestyle is not the way to go. Maybe their lifestyle exactly. is. Uh, maybe, you know, you can adopt a few things. So, and I think that's also uh, one thing I really like about street photography because it helps up to broaden your your view on things. I've got a number of Iranian friends here, and they're wonderful people. They're really, really yeah. lovely people. You know. Like, they were almost too nice, to be honest, when I was there. Oh, my God, it was crazy. <laughs> I got approached so many times. Oh, thank you for coming to Iran. And they speak English very well. I was very surprised. <laughs> Exceptionally well. Exceptionally yeah. well. Lovely, lovely people. Well, Robin, thanks ever so much for joining us. It's been, as Max said, it's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you for taking some time to talk to us. I know you're very busy. Thank you, Robin. Yeah, thank, thanks from my side. I mean, it was a pleasure being on your, on your podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. We'll see you around. If you're Australia, touch base with Mark and I. Yeah, yeah, for sure.